0: The other side of midnight. Seventy-seven Local spotlight. Good. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano on 77 WABC. Thanks for tuning in. Well, the primary results are trickling in and some very interesting results. Not too many surprises. If you heard me on the uh, Bernie and Sid show yesterday morning, I pretty much called... I think all these races, exactly as they've turned out, the one exception being the uh, race for Congress that uh, Mark Molinaro was running in, that special election where it looks like the Democrat, Pat Ryan, has won. Uh, That's a big victory for the Democrats. This was a special election, not a primary election. But the reason that's such a significant victory is that is a district that is genuinely competitive. It was a district that Biden only won by a point and a half. So if the Democrats could win in that district, that does not spell great news for the Republicans in purple districts around the country. Now, I don't want to draw too many conclusions from one particular congressional district because, obviously, the local candidates play a difference. How the candidates wage their campaigns played a difference. Uh, we'll break down the Florida results, which uh, will mean a return of Charlie Crist. We're going to see a Charlie Crist versus Ron DeSantis matchup in the fall. If you want to comment on that, you can do so. 800 WABC. That's 800-848-9222. Not at all surprising that Nadler won in that district. I uh, said that that was likely to occur on the Bernie and Sid show yesterday. It looks like on the Republican side of the leisure, Nick Langworthy has defeated Carl Palladino in that race upstate. I actually thought Palladino might pull that one out. It's still tight and uh, Palladino has not conceded, but uh, a lot of the news organizations are calling that race for Langworthy. That's a heavy Republican district. So that probably means, Langworthy, you'll be well positioned for the general election. The interesting thing with Nadler, though, is I am willing to bet anybody listening to the show right now, dollars to donuts, that Nadler does not finish his term. I think a year from now, Nadler's going to retire. First of all, the guy looks terrible. He sounds terrible. He seems like he's in very poor health. I think a year from now, Nadler's going to retire, and they're going to try to, in the special election, engineer the Democratic nomination for state senator Brad Hoylman, which will also mean that Scott Stringer is in a position to make a comeback and run for state senate. It's going to be interesting. We'll take your calls on this. Any questions you might have, 800-848-WABC. Beam me up. 2B continues. The other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Moreno. Thanks for tuning in. You know, one of the best political speeches I've heard in the last two or three years, it was the speech that Joe Biden gave to the American people when it was determined that he had gotten enough votes to get elected president. And he said at the time, in words or substance, you know, if you didn't vote for me, let's give each other another chance. That's all he said. And I thought it was really great, really unifying exactly the kind of message the The country needed to hear now lo and behold what we didn't know at the time is that that speech was written for him by historian and writer john meacham while meacham was going on cable news doing analysis of current events and talking about what a great speech that was so that was a little disingenuous and a lot of president biden's actions namely blaming president trump for everything haven't really done much to show that he was serious about that statement but the words were very good what i want to hear From every politician that represents me or seeks to represent me is, hey... If you disagree with me and you end up not voting for me, I'm your governor too. I'm going to fight just as hard for you as my campaign contributors and the person that is my most stalwart supporter. And that's why I was so disappointed to see Kathy Hochul say this as she was campaigning in upstate New York yesterday. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong. Okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. She spent the final night before primary day stumping for Pat Ryan. Basically, she said, for everybody that doesn't agree with her, if you're a Republican or a conservative, she said, go to hell. And if this sounds familiar, this is very similar to what Governor Andrew Cuomo said back in 2014. And this is really outrageous. And to be honest, it's completely dangerous. You can't be saying that if you don't agree with my policy agenda, get out of the state. No. What is that going to lead to? It's going to lead to a massive exodus of taxpayers and Productive citizens in New York State, and that was incredibly disappointing to see Governor Hochul saying that. And I wish she would apologize and say, "Yes, we want everybody here—Republicans, conservatives, and everybody else." Beam me up. To be continued. The other side of midnight. Local spotlight i tell you, a show that I really enjoyed as a younger man, I guess we were all younger at the time, was Boy Meets World. It was on ABC TV, uh, no affiliation these days with this radio station, although back in those days, we were owned by the same company. It was a terrific show about uh, sort of a young man who is dealing with adolescence and dealing with all the problems that adolescence brings. School and girls and parents and all things of that nature. And I enjoyed it because it was funny, I thought it was well written, I thought the acting was very good, but uh, Mr. Feeney, the Mr. Feeney character on Boy Meets World was played by an actor that I really love, William Daniels, but the star of that show was Ben Savage, and from the time that he was a young man on that show, a child really, he was just terrific. I think the show ran for about eight or nine seasons, and then a few years ago they tried to bring it back as a sequel. They had a sequel show uh, called Girl Meets World, where the daughter of Ben Savage's character on the original show was the centerpiece Piece of the show, and Ben Savage reprised his role as Corey Matthews, and he was great. Well, why are we talking about this now? Because Ben Savage, who my grandfather always said I had the same hair as, kind of curly, curly hair that was just sort of a mop, just a giant brillo pad. Ben Savage has announced that he is going to be running for city council in West Hollywood, California. He's already filed paperwork to run. He's got a campaign website up where he notes that he's lived in West Hollywood for 18 years, and and he basically, I think, is running for all the right reasons. He says, I've seen this city grow to become one of the most thriving cities in the country, with extraordinary restaurants, hotels, nightlifes, and culture, and in recent years, people have become disappointed with the direction the city is heading. Residents and community leaders have expressed frustration with the political divisiveness and loss of a sense of community. I love this. This is like something that I could have written. I am going to be supporting Ben Savage, not only because I'm a fan of his, and I used to really enjoy this, this show, But he seems very qualified. He has a degree in political science from Stanford University. And this is exactly the kind of message that I'd love to see. Now, the campaign's website doesn't say whether Savage is running as a Democrat, Republican, or an Independent. doesn't matter to me. I think the elections in West Hollywood are nonpartisan. I wish all municipal elections were nonpartisan. And I'm a big believer that you should vote for people rather than parties. But uh, I am uh, rooting for him, and I want to wish him the best of luck. I'm going to invite him on this show as well. Beam! me up to be continued the other side of midnight 77 WC. local spotlight one you go, don't even think of touching that dial. This commentary is filed under One More Reason to Hate the UN. My goodness. A United Nations diplomat was accused of raping one of his neighbors in Upper Manhattan over the weekend, but NYPD police officers released him because he has diplomatic immunity according to authorities. Charles Dickens Imene Oliha, a career diplomat for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation in South Sudan, was arrested in Sunday's alleged sex assault on a woman inside her apartment around noon. And Oliha was taken into custody on suspicion of rape and brought in for questioning. But once he informed detectives from the NYPD's Special Victims Unit that he was a diplomat, investigators confirmed He had immunity and swiftly released him without formally charging him. That's according to police. The victim lives in the same building as this guy, and she told cops that she went to walk a neighbor's dog around noon when a man approached her in the lobby, and the man said he was going to follow the woman upstairs, to which she replied, no, you're not. But as the woman opened the door to her apartment, this rapist forced his way inside, according to the police. The woman reported that the intruder pinned her against a wall and raped her using a condom before raping her again on the couch without a condom. Ugh, I I can't even continue. The victim said that she was in shock after the attack and she went to sleep but later called 911 after a friend convinced her to make a report. She was taken to Columbia University Medical Center for attention. They arrested this guy and evidently they're letting him go. Jane Manning, director of the Women's Equal Justice Project and a former sex crime prosecutor, told the New York Post it's incredibly disturbing that someone who's accused of rape cannot be held accountable no matter what the facts. Gee, you think? We're not talking about parking tickets here. I mean, South Sudan has got to do something here. They've got to revoke diplomatic immunity for this guy. I mean, the idea behind diplomatic immunity is so that if the laws in a country are confusing to you, you're not prosecuted for something that you didn't intend to do. This is crazy. South Sudan ought to do something about this. Otherwise, if they don't, this is going to send the message to every employee at the UN from every backwards third world country all over the planet that all you have to do is come to New York and you can join the New York City crime wave with impunity. This is disgusting. And South Sudan and the U.N. ought to do something about it pronto. Beam me up! To be continued.